BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And a very good afternoon heading into evening from the UK where we are moving gently into the season of mists and mellow fruitfulness. There's still some warmth in the sun. The sky today has been a brilliant blue and the remnants of apples sit outside my door gently beginning to ferment because it is full on autumn. Or for those of you stateside, the leaves are turning beautiful colours because fall is pretty much here. And I don't know about you, but I always think this time of year provides the best backdrop for rallying because, let's face it, it's much more fun when it gets dirty. Welcome to Spin the Rally Pod. I'm rally fan Lisa Rose Sullivan, and we have got quite the team today. A specialist panel of excellence. I think uh, that is no word of a lie. Let's, let's welcome the big name first because we have Chief Instructor of Dirtfish, the great... Nate Tennis. Good evening, Nate. <laughs> good evening, or should I say good morning on my side of the planet. I hope the weather's as beautiful over there as it is here. It's lovely, although I, I don't think I can I can match your, dis- your beautiful descriptiveness of, of the day. <laughs> I did words. I did yes. writing some words. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was wonderful. Uh, no, we are, uh, we are dry, uh, um, unnervingly dry and smoky right now with some local forest fires, so... Uh, hoping we get our our typical northwest rain here pretty soon. Uh, Yeah, well, but consistent conditions maybe then out on the stages for you at the Mm -hmm. moment. So it seems we're talking about being good with words. See what I've done here, Luke. See what I've done here, Luke. We have Deputy Editor of Dirtfish.com, Mr. Luke Barry. Hello, very good with words, man. Luke, thank you very much for breaking (laughs) up your holiday to join us. Thank you, Lisa. And I'm going to second what Nate said. That intro was fantastic. Not that they're not always, but that was particularly poetic. (laughs) I felt like my mind was just painting a picture. And it's nothing what it looks like (laughs) from my window in the city, I'll be honest. But I'm jealous now, Lisa. I want to live where you live, if that's what it looks like in your front door. (laughs) Do you know what it is? It's because I got all inspired going back through the archives after editing the last, I think it was the last edition, it might have been the last but one edition of Spin the Rally Pod, (laughs) where we had George Donaldson, in full descriptive mode and talking about your tentacles of perception. Uh, former motorsport team boss and rally legend, Mr George Donaldson, is completing our panel of excellence. Good good evening and good morning, everyone, actually. There we are. And your tentacles of perception. Yeah, yeah, go back and listen to that because it really was a brilliant way to describe how it feels when you are at one with your rally car. We've got a lot to get through today and uh, we're going to get technical, which is where I sit back and listen. We're going to look back before we look forward. Rally New Zealand and rain. Basically, they seem to have nicked our rain, Nate. I haven't had much (laughs) rain over here in the UK. And um, yeah, a a wet rally, a brilliant rally and a brand new world champion. George, I mean, you just loved sitting down and pulling this one apart, didn't you? I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, It was a wee bit difficult to watch and I'm sure other people will echo that for some reason the, the... a lot of the footage, uh, they struggled to get live footage out of the cars. Um, and I guess it's just the weather conditions. 
it's quite hilly there. You probably couldn't get an aircraft up very high because of the weather the, or the helicopters uh, doing the, the relays were maybe a bit low, I'm not sure. But it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the best viewing experience, but the content uh, was fantastic. Um, quite a few incidents and uh, um, uh, catastrophes for different drivers. I'm going to call them my usual catastrophic sort of uh, situation. Uh, Lisa, I don't think you'll disagree with me that a few of them were out there i'm not and i'm I'm actually going to let you lead us through this so where would you like to start and and you and nate can go good guns on this and luke jump in you don't have any of the other than you don't have colin you don't have david talking over you we might actually hear from you guys (laughs) i shall try to i shall try to share the share the joy of analysis so the first one i want to start with, I beg your pardon, we, we covered a little bit of what happened uh, last week, but the, the big one we didn't get to, in my view, was was um, Elfin Evans, who you know who basically crashed out of the lead, and the point at which he crashed out of the lead, he just, he just had a spin, it just looked like a spin, but if you watch the video very quickly, he's done about the most rapid 360 degree barrel roll that I'd ever seen. It was remarkable, and the engine was still running, and he literally just engaged first gear and drove away. The engine never even stopped. It was <laughs> utterly, utterly remarkable from that point of view. From the point of view of it happening, he was absolutely on the pace of the other drivers uh, at the point at which it happened. I think maybe, maybe, maybe Cali was maybe just one or two seconds up, but the other drivers, the, you know, in in the case of um, Otanak, he, he was he was right there on the same pace as 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 Elfin. It was all pretty edgy. All the drivers were having moments. And the corner on which uh, Elfin made his mistake, uh, Ott did something very similar. Now, I don't know if you watched it as well, Nate, so I'll, I'll bounce this back to you when I, when I, when I, I make my statement here. But uh, Elfin came down to that corner. He straightened the car up. He was really neat and clean on the approach. Uh, mm-hmm. A quick dab of the brakes, press of the accelerator to see what the traction was, another wee brake to stabilise the car turned in and, and basically slammed the power on, at which point the back stepped out and he didn't have enough lock. I mean, that's, when I say that, that's not a criticism of the car. The car obviously snapped out. We only saw it from in-car, so um, it looked mm-hmm. like it went about 90 degrees to the road. He kept it nailed, trying to bring the front back round and it wouldn't come back. Um, and it, the car nosed forward. So, you know, was he going too fast? Well, he never went off the outside of the road. He went off on the inside of the road. And I always categorise that as a beginner's mistake, which is grossly unfair in this situation. But I always laugh at people when they tell me they've crashed a car. And where did you crash? Oh, we went off on the inside after the <laughs> corner. Well, if you'd been going too fast, it surely would have been on the outside. At which point, you know, you've ridiculed their pub argument. Um, but what he did was he lost control. Yeah. He had plenty, he had enough traction to get the car keeping the car going round, but he couldn't straighten it up in time. There is a solution to that, which is, you know, halfway through that moment, you can absolutely bang on the brakes. If you stop the wheels turning, the car just then becomes ballistic. It then goes in a straight line and you've stopped that input, that that delta input to keep the car turning. It's quite difficult to do that in that scenario, plus the fact he wouldn't even be able to see out the side window at that point. Um, and he'd be busy trying to hang on to it. So no criticism at all of Elfin's uh, efforts to get out of that, and it's split-second stuff. I mean, it is absolutely split-second stuff. Uh, 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 Nate, did you manage to get a good look at that one? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I think we were all just as surprised as Elfin was when that happened. I mean, the, the car, as you said, snapped quickly, and yeah. he did his best to recover but but couldn't. And, and 
you know, arguably too fast into a corner can also mean too much oversteer, um, yes. which that's what nosed him in. Absolutely. And, and, you know, how to correct out of that, you're, you're 100% uh, correct yourself. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, you never know what was coming up next. Yeah. At least I couldn't see what was coming up next from the onboard. Yeah. And uh, and it, to have that happen so yeah. quickly, it really it, it was a triple apex corner. There was three apexes mm. on it, so he, he you know he he made his mistake on the entry, and his mistake was mm-hmm. simply that he was, I don't know, five or six kph faster than everyone else. I don't know. I couldn't. You, yeah. You, the, the speedos aren't reacting quick enough in New Zealand. I guess mm. it was to do with the data feed, so we weren't getting mm. the update of that. Ot Tanak also had a massive moment on exactly the same place and emulated mm. it, Ott uh, definitely braked a little bit harder and maybe a little bit more often, maybe had an extra press of the brakes and stabilised mm-hmm. the car a little bit more than Elfin, but he looked like he needed mm-hmm. to because he was messier into it. Elfin was really, really clean right up to the entrance of that corner and I, and I think he just turned in, everything looked good and it just, it just you know, he lost traction. It was, you know, there was maybe, it was maybe wetter, muddier, you know, yeah, on the outside, yeah, tiny yeah. bit muddier line or something. But Elfin, um, um, yeah. Ott got really, really close to the edge, but obviously didn't go quite as sideways, and and also he would have seen um, um, the 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 mess on the road from Elfin, which would have immediately given him warning signs, and he would have gone into a, a slightly more safe mode, which maybe sure. maybe assisted. But there was three apexes, and that probably explains why Elfin didn't just land on the brakes because. You know, he was he was still he was he was still uh, controlling the car, and as soon as you press the brakes, yeah. you've, you've given away all the control, and you are just sliding down the road. And if you're very lucky, you'll stay on the road. I have, I have managed to do that on occasion. Just hung on a corner, <laughs> spun down the road at a ridiculous speed, and completely got away with it. By the same token, I have also barrel rolled down the road doing exactly <laughs> that. So yeah, uh, and, and that's the other that's the other fear is you know it, it could have hooked up and shot even more aggressively oh, absolutely. into the inside there. Absolutely, yeah. but yeah, so yeah. so unlucky. He was clearly very committed. He was clearly completely in control on the entry to that corner. You know, and I think it, quite clearly. I mean, all the cars have been very sideways and, and slipping out in that corner. And you can look at all the other top drivers. They all they all carry a little bit more caution than Elfin did into that. So. Maybe it was a it mm-hmm. was a it was a tricky corner. Three apexes with little straights in between to be taken as one corner, but there'd be extra little bites and presses of the brakes, and <coughs> he just beg your pardon. He just fell uh, a little bit foul of a tiny little bit of boldness, but it wasn't really boldness, boldness because in those margins, yeah, yeah. yeah. But ultimately, yeah. he did he did make a mistake. So then you have to say to yourself, why did that happen? Why was he pushing like that? Well. It's an easy one, but I'll let you answer it. Uh, do you know what tire compounds he was running? Was he running equal all the way around? I genuinely don't know, but that's a great question. And I didn't check that out. I did not check that out. Um, yeah. I think they print that up, actually. I could check that as we speak. <laughs> Continue with your answer. Because, <laughs> that, that I mean, that could be a, a, a simple one is, is if he had an odd compound or, or even the wrong direction uh, tire on the rear. Uh, as well if he had you know changed to a spare or something absolutely absolutely yeah yeah strange one i what's shocking to me is that i mean okay that was a violent crash but that was kind of a typical rally crash but to have at the very end of it have his cage not suitable to race anymore that's um that's curious 
that was that. I have to say, I did. I did find that very, very odd. Um, I really did. I, I didn't really. I, I mean, it, because he, he, he obviously had a little touch on the roof on the way over because there was a little mm -hmm. video of the car maybe at the stop, the stage stop line, where you could see there was a tiny wee bit damage on the roof. But I'm just wondering what they now regard as the roll cage because the whole it's now you know like a buggy chassis with all the bits yeah. bolting on. Do they count an outrigger being bent as a bent roll cage because it's actually part mm. of the crash structure? I'll bet they do, at which point mm -hmm. I'm going to be outrageous again and say that needs to be looked at a little bit more seriously. The, yeah. You know, the, there's one thing to being risk-averse with the FIA, and we all get the risk-averse, but to be to be to to refuse to take a, a, a risk management approach to these things to say, actually, that bend is okay. And, and FIA, I've, I've had massive discussions with FIA stewards and, and scrutineers in the past, all very amicable, but they, take, <laughs> they, they, make, they make one rule and then they apply it so rigidly. And it's, it's to, to be, so they're seen to be what they consider fair, but actually it's, it's not. It, it, it's an easy out for them, really. It, it is a, it's a cop-out, and they shouldn't be doing yeah. the cop-out. They should be, they should be, um, um, they should be doing a little bit better than that. They, they, you know, they're the FIA. They can make a te technical judgment. They can take input from a team. They can make a judgment, apply it, and that's it. Everybody will respect it, um, and, and, and that's the end of it. But they don't just need to say, oh, no, there's a tiny wee dent in the front outrigger of your suspension. We're going to we're going yeah. to withdraw you from the rally, and I mean it, it may not have been that. So I mean I'm, I'm maybe giving them a, sure. doing an injustice, and I don't want to be doing that. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, good. I'm glad you thought that was curious as well. It, it, yeah, it, it gives the impression that the gives the impression that the cars are are delicate and can't handle you know a, a simple rollover. I mean, <laughs> most people outside of the rally world are not uh, used to seeing cars rolling over, but I mean we've we've all been there luke have you rolled a car over before i have not <laughs> nate no and i, I don't suspect okay. his experience i would enjoy too much um <laughs> well, well you need to come and do a rally with me luke we'll soon sort that out i'm waiting to, <laughs> <laughs> i'm waiting to come over to seattle so that i can learn to roll it properly oh boy you we've actually i'm uh, uninvited now <laughs> touching wood touching wood for uh 12 years we've officially been open we have never inverted a car or had a major accident that's caused an injury well that's that that's, impressive i feel that's a challenge <laughs> my, dad, my dad managed to roll the mini um doing around 35 miles an hour on the way to the hospital so it can be done Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Not with style and flair, which is what which is what we expect. Yeah. Um, th there is a technical question that I wanted to ask about yeah. um, New Zealand's. We we saw the um, teams pick up um, hybrid penalties because of the, the the margins were higher than they should have been on yeah. the. And I know there's there's got to be obviously there's got to be a level, and if you mm -hmm. <laughs> like talking about a speed limit, if the speed limit's ninety, you you stay yeah. below ninety. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you're you're breaking the limit. Um, how I, I know I was just looking at the tiny margins that yeah. that were penalised, you know, by Cali and uh, by the Hyundai team, wasn't it? And yes. and I, I just how much do you need to, to to tinker with to actually get an advantage from that? And how much was that just a technical slap on the wrist? The the FIA in, in the stewards' reports, Lisa pointed out that really none of these margins were worth anything in in terms of power or performance they were just outside the limits that were set 
which I didn't realise the teams had the ability. And is it an automatic five seconds then? Uh, I, I'm not quite sure how they apply it. They, they, they obviously have set a precedent that, they're, again, that they've just decided that that's what it's going to be. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily need to have much particular rhyme or reason or logic. It's just, there's a rule, we really want you to follow it, so... I'm not quite sure whether it's just a five-second penalty in the first case and a 10-second penalty in the second and a 30-second okay. penalty in the third. Mm-hmm. It's, there for, it's there for a reason to, to, to make sure that nobody could take uh, much of an advantage. And it wouldn't need to be much in the way of power to make it uh, valuable, uh, ultimately, in, in certain circumstances. Um, I think in a place like New Zealand, it, uh, given the, the nature of the, the road and... I mean, it's a lot more to do with the commitment and the skill and and the lines you're taking rather than the power, because I don't think it was making a lot of, a lot of difference um, in that scenario. But there's some rallies, it could make a difference. I mean, you, you've just got to think of the, the Tour de France type uh, cycle riders who, who had a tiny little electric motor driving down the main upright tube, driving the crank, and it was giving something like four or five watts of of, of energy. You know, that is like... Um, point point zero five of a horse, no, it's less than that. Point zero two of a horsepower, um, and and there. I, I hear yeah, what you're saying yeah, there, but it's a massive difference when you're not having to put it in with your legs. Exactly. Well, it means you, you get it, you get it at the other end. So, so that's the concern, and that's why the rule exists. So, I don't think it's worth much. I was surprised, actually. I don't know about you, Nate, but I was surprised to know that the the teams actually have the ability to to exceed a certain amount, but then. They, they have got their own programmes and they can programme it in and they've obviously been given the latitude and the limits for certain... I think there's limits published for each section that they're allowed to use. I'm not quite sure exactly the complexities of that, but it clearly is not straightforward because we've got quite clever engineers um, and multiple engineers making uh, similar miscalculations. And it's... I mean, I'll bet you it's just literally arithmetic that they're scribbling down a bit. Mm-hmm. They're making tiny wee mistakes with it. Um, and and it's it's good to know that the FIA are monitoring it and and uh, applying a penalty in many ways. The penalty, you, you, it's such a separate discussion, but it's good to know that the FIA have got a handle on it and and they're watching it. I think for the most part, it does seem a bit yeah, unnecessary, it like, but it, it is it is important. Yeah, it's it's sort of the same thing. Like um, like I, I can't remember who it was in uh, Rally Two category who had a bumper that wasn't. Um, up to spec or, or correct yeah. homologation spec, and they lost, I think, first place in, what was that, Sweden, I think it was? Uh, no, it was like it Finland, I think, wasn't it? The Finland, 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 Finland yeah. yeah so, uh, they got yeah, excluded. Yeah. They, they were excluded for that, yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, a massive penalty. So, yeah. massive penalty, oh. which is, I don't know if... Yeah. <laughs> if I can't remember you know, whether the, it was lighter or heavier. I think, it, I think it was a little yeah. bit lighter, and, and there's... There's yeah. no there's no end to where that 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 goes. You know, a couple of kilos light or heavy, um, sure, is always always. And who seems knows what else was off on the car too? Yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> the, my, my my personal record for for noticing or being told being told by an FIA scrutineer that he'd excluded a car from San Remo many years ago, and it was a Fiat Uno Turbo, and I'm not sure mm. what it should weigh. But it weighed something like six hundred and eighty kilograms, and he was just the scrutineer was just laughing. Because they'd found wow. the, they'd found this car that hadn't been because it was a low runner they hadn't weighed it at the start it had man, managed to miss the weighing at the start but it had been weighed 
on on the route and they discovered it was it was literally 240 <laughs> kilograms underweight how fabulous is that Quarter- what had they taken out god only knows they probably had horribly illegal roll cages in it and you know half the safety stuff taken yeah. out in San Remo Rally, you'd be running a bit of plastic under the sump guard because even the gravel stages were gorgeous in Tuscany. They were beautiful, smooth stages. And then you're asphalt for the rest of it, so you don't need anything really at all. And you wouldn't be running anything. I've no idea how you get a car 240 <laughs> kilograms underweight, but they had done it somehow. Cardboard and cable ties. I mean, yeah, cardboard exactly. would be too paper heavy. It would roof. need to have been yeah. paper, Lisa, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> No, I always remember people saying, you know, they're going to replace the steel wings on their car with plastic wings for weight. And I said, have you never weighed a plastic wing or a fiberglass wing against a steel wing? Steel wing weighs a yeah. fraction of, of a plastic wing, you know, just to, to get yeah. some integrity about it. So I, I have no idea, but that was, that was my record of, of hearing about that. The other big, <laughs> the, there is one other big, big couple of incidents that happened. Thierry Neuville had uh, uh, basically, all, I, I, I've lost count how many massive moments he had, nearly off the road on the outside down a hill, massive, quite high speed spins, just getting away with it. Thierry had spin after spin, but he survived amazingly, Nate. What did you think of that? I thought it was brilliant, and, and not to, to pick on uh, Katsuda, but he had a bit of a, a very similar off. You saw Thierry do the same thing, but uh, and you hear um, co-driver calling, power, 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 as they go sliding off the road, and, and Thierry was absolutely committed on throttle and basically dug themselves out of the situation. So yeah. it, was pretty those... ama- it was pretty amazing. It really, really was. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it shows you that... Uh, <laughs> never give up mentality yeah, still works it's never it's never the best when the co-driver's telling the driver power 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 you think well what's going on there well maybe again maybe you know wrong gear the the yeah. the, the, the hybrid was exhausted and and he, you know he, sure he, he was maybe trying for it and not getting anything so yep, yep, it's, yep. it's sometimes difficult you don't want to criticize anyone and, and could then, have been fear uh, from so the co-driver. Could have been, could have been a bit, a bit of that. But co-drivers don't generally suffer from that. If if if, if they have no. that, it's kind of time to get out. Um, I think we we already went through um, Craig Breen's little incident in quite detail last week. Um, I don't know if you heard that one, Nate. But uh, I mean, basically, that that you you came out of a a, a medium right hander into an absolute left hander just. 10 meters out of the out of the right hander and then you had maybe i don't know 70 or 80 meters 50 or 60 meters you would be accelerating but you had to be almost as when you came out of that little absolute left you had to be braking so i think it's slightly downhill uh, but certainly mm-hmm. was very very slippery and then you were into that sort of i would call it open 90 degree right um mm-hmm. uh, and C- craig never went back on the throttle all the way all the way to the point he was basically off the road before really? he got back onto the throttle yeah and i, I watched it several yeah. times and again it's it's difficult to know because he was he was he was he was braking uh, from too high too high a speed he'd never been that was the first so it was the second time he was over that stage wasn't it yes it was the it was the repeat run over that stage um he was absolutely on the pace once again he'd been pretty clean up to that point in the stage he came on the brakes, and I think you could see that he knew that he was maybe going to be, but he, it wasn't. The car wasn't slowing down as much as he wanted. That was for sure. He got the car turned, and he got it nosed towards the corner. But he never. He he well, 
it would appear that he never pressed the throttle until he was basically off the road. That's audibly the message mm. that we got on the video. I'm prepared yeah, to I'm yeah. prepared to assume almost that that wasn't right because. But he did. He did just go off the road. It looked. I mean, the, the visually again, just from the in car, and I looked at all of them. Yeah. It would appear that that um, uh, he didn't. He you know he didn't hammer the power on to try and get round that corner. He, he didn't even start yeah. to push it round again. Maybe he was just hoping that he would just sort of spin and stop at the edge and you know pick up some traction yeah. through the corner. But um, yeah. it was it was really unfortunate. Did you have a look at that one as well? Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, that seems like a situation where they would have grabbed a little uh, handbrake to help pivot and get out of that understeer situation. But he'd with maybe, that, yeah, he'd maybe done that. Cattle guard, he'd maybe done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but with that cattle guard there, it didn't really allow for the car to to rotate completely in that situation either. So you know, it yeah. was <laughs> it's a very narrow gate. So that may have not been yeah. an option. Yeah, uh, it, it, on the, it, on the it, entry. It would have been a factor to not applying the power, certainly. But mm -hmm. I mean, again, it just mm -hmm. kind of looked like one of those situations when you looked at the other drivers later in the rally, uh, Ot Tanak on on um, on Elf on Elfin's corner where Elfin basically did his damage. Elf, I mean, Ot had almost the same moment, and he was just flat on the power and recovered right from the edge of the road, and uh, mm. and then one of the ones one of Thierry's was a left-hander. Very, very similar. Mm -hmm. Again, it just you know, obviously came in a bit quick, hammered the power on, it snapped out, and he. But he, you know, he was either far too quick or far too late with his line, and he just hammered mm -hmm. the power. And I mean, the, the, I mean, the nose of the the car was down the bank more or less when it and it climbed itself back up. It was remarkable, yeah. remarkable uh, recovery. Anybody wanting to yeah, spot yeah. that one? If you go to WRC uh, moments for for New Zealand rally, you'll see what we're talking about. It was it was pretty impressive. Uh, but, but Craig, I thought Craig he was somehow <laughs> Craig somehow didn't seem to do that. But I think you're right. Maybe the maybe the cattle grid was a factor in there that's impossible for us to uh, to 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 realise from here. Um, yeah. Uh, but but an incredibly tough rally for him once again. But. I mean, again, I think it's just another one of these cases. Elfin, um, Craig, you know, they're both putting in the performances and the times. Sometimes you've got to wait for the rallies to come to you. And, you know, mm -hmm. rallies don't really come to you like like you're, you might imagine they would. You've got to go and get them, but you can't go and get them every single every corner of every single stage. You pick and choose your places, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and, Do you and, think it... Sorry, go ahead. Do you think at this point that they're just throwing caution to the wind and, and going for it to see what their ultimate performance could be like? Because, I mean, championship, it can't be considered at this point for, for either of them. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely correct. Yeah. Absolutely correct. So, in a sense, you're, you're doing R&D for the team to see what your ultimate speed can be in a lot yeah. of ways. Well, I mean, certainly uh, from, from, from the it, team's point of view, certainly Craig showed that the car was as fast as anything out there. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that car. That, nothing wrong with it. It's very probably the best car out there or as good as the best out there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the team needs to see that as well. Uh, there's, yep, there, there's that. And then Craig, again, the next uh, the next couple of days made plenty fastest times. So mm -hmm. <laughs> good, mm -hmm. good, on him, good on him for that, to go back out and, and do that again. But... Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, all all a bit, all a bit. Um, you know, I'm sure the, the 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 team were were super disappointed to to slip off the road like that. Um, 
Sure. But it's it's a, a place you've kind of got to go to. Um, yeah. You've kind of got to go to. And again, I looked at the I looked at the way the notes were being delivered in in that car against against um, uh, Elf and Evans, and the way the notes are being delivered were, were quite quite different. I'm not quite sure. I, I, I've not I've not analysed that out. I've not figured that out yet. But I thought there was something there to look at on the way the notes were. Not, not, not mm. when I say the note delivery, and I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not you suggesting. mentioned it last week. Yeah, you mentioned it last week. You just thought there was a little too much detail. A little in bit there. too, almost, mm. almost sort of panicky delivery at times because there's so much to get out, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah. okay, that's been delivered. It's clear. It's audible. I heard it all, but um, I'm always looking for the personally looking for the note delivery uh, to be to be indicating the pace change. So you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So long, fast left, to long, fast right. Uh, opens to opens to uh, absolute left over one hundred, unseen maybe, and then you would go caution, fifty, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. k right over crest. You know things like that, and it's that change in tone yeah. that tells you, oh yeah, I'm yeah. a long absolute left. I need to be ready. Maybe you know you might have a breaking point in there, but if you've not if you're not putting breaking points in, and some people do, some don't. You, you, you've got to have you've got to have a little leader in there, but if you've mm-hmm. got this massive stream of keeps and and outs and don'ts and and uh, other little nuances <laughs> that I honestly don't really understand, that there's quite a lot going in, on in there, and I wonder if it's possible for the driver to assimilate it all. And all all Craig was all Craig ultimately we can we can analyse out what he did through the moment, and that's actually really a little bit unfair. And we could do it in a pub, and and he would. He would be looking yeah. at us saying, "You know, you're treading on dangerous ground here, chap." Well, he, he would take it on the chin, you know. But but yeah. um, Nate, do you do you think the fact that um, Craig is going to have a new co-driver after Rally Spain will be a great way for him to reset? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe that off was an indicator that uh, that it was time to make a change. Um, who knows? But. Um, yeah, I think. I sh- I sh- yeah, I was going to say, and I should should flag up. This is a, a nice story, Luke. Nicely written um, <laughs> about the fact that Paul Nagel is going to retire after yeah. Rally Spain later this month. If if you are listening and you haven't read the article, what have you been doing? You, you can read <laughs> yeah. and listen to this podcast at the same time. Go and scroll down and see the mighty works from the pen of Luke Barry. Right, exactly. Before that we can, I just quickly yeah, add yeah. in there as well. Before we throw back to Nate, what I find really interesting is you mentioned there, Nate, about that potentially sort of being a, a corner of separation. There was a tweet from Nicky Grist in the week, who of course sat with Colin McRae when they went off on the same corner 20 years ago. And he basically made that point that obviously we know the decision isn't because Paul and Craig went off on that corner, but he made light of it and said, well, maybe that corner is a, a partnership ender because it ended him and Colin <laughs> and then Craig and Paul a few days after yeah. it was announced they're going yeah. the separate ways. So I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But sorry, Nate, I'll go back to you. Divorce, divorce <laughs> corner. I hasten, I, hasten, exactly. I hasten to say, exactly. I hasten to say, I can actually recall Colin's words to the to the TV interviewer after he'd gone off on that. So the the TV yeah. interviewer had come up and said, you know, I think that they'd, they'd got to the stage or they'd got to the they'd, they'd met them somewhere or maybe back in a, a service area. But uh, basically, Colin, tell us what happened on the on Vanga Coast. Oh, you better ask the Welsh wizard. He might have a better idea. Yeah, yeah. very scathing, a very very scathing uh, report. Such a good um, line. Uh, yeah. So the, the the Welsh, as far as Colin was concerned, it was a obviously it it his his comment was it was a bad note, and I'm quite sure that it wasn't a bad note. It might have been a 
a bad a badly written note, you know, in terms of bad relationship. It it, I think it was certainly a, it was certainly <laughs> yes, yeah, as as Nikki said, that relationship ended on that point. But uh, yeah, I don't think I don't yeah, think yeah. I don't think Nikki actually made a mistake per se. I, I really don't, and I, I'm not quite yeah. sure that Paul Nagel didn't make a mistake. But again, it's sometimes you know if you're writing too much information, then it can be like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, and and the the pressure to to be at that level um, at you know any age is, is a high one, but but the second you start to get a little bit older, I don't know about you, George, but I'm getting up there in years, and uh, <laughs> your your risk and your time away from family starts to wear on you, um, and I think that that's probably the true factor on it. But it will be interesting to see how um, a new relationship could potentially be a. Um, it's always know, it's always it's always been a catalyst of invigoration absolutely categorically yeah. it, sure. it, it, it it just naturally does so that that's a positive yeah. for, from craig's point of view but i also think yeah. and i'm going to say this this is an edgy oh. comment now this is an edgy comment lisa uh, i'm getting my razor blade ready to oh, cut you, it out yeah you do that <laughs> but, but um basically basically you know craig needs to drive what he's got and he showed he could you know uh I've I've heard comment that he's not been quite happy with the setup of the car and he would want some things different. I think actually, there's your there's your there's your tools. Get out there and use it to the max. Don't start to think well, that you want something else. Drive that 100. Uh, percent And if you're doing 100 percent and you're 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 not making mistakes and you're getting the maximum out of the car, nobody's quicker than you in that car. Then you've got ground to do it. But difficult difficult at the moment to uh, what my point is just focus on doing the very best job with what you've got don't worry about anything don't kid yourself that you've not got what you need just convince yourself you have and you drive the clappers out of it he has the skill level he'll make it go mm-hmm. and he did he did in new zealand he made it go the right speed he just made a tiny wee mistake it's the tiniest wee mistake and you know he, he didn't even really damage the car much for goodness sakes it was it was a nothing very expensive. I just in want to give, give Luke a, a, a bit of an in there. Luke, um, Rally Japan, we will see um, Craig in that setup, in that car, but with um, somebody else sitting beside him. What do you What do you think? What do you What are you expecting for Rally Japan? Well, Which is awesome. And welcome back to the WRC. Yeah, I think that's the main thing, isn't it? I think it, for the amount of years it's been promised to come, and we're finally getting to go there this year is fantastic. But it, kind of just off the back of what George and Nate have both said, I, I think it is. To me, it does feel like the right time for everyone involved for something new to happen. I think, as as Nate described, Paul is he has got two young children at home. It's you start to think the amount of time spent away becomes more arduous when you've got something to leave behind. And I think whenever you've got these thoughts in your head, you, you, it's just it is the right time to pull away. For Craig, I think everybody knows the season hasn't been what anybody expected. So the chance to refresh and sort of essentially hit the reset button for year two at M Sport is great. I think it is quite an interesting job for whoever does come in there because you could look at it both ways. It's either a fantastic opportunity because here's a driver that's in desperate need of of just something. He Even he doesn't really know anymore what it is he, he needs to do. It's just everything seems to have spiralled a little bit out of his grasp. But the other way is it's a very pressured job because if this doesn't go right, it could be the end of Craig's career. And I don't want to be as final as that, but I think ultimately they are the stakes if next year's again a bit disappointing. So it will be difficult. The names we're hearing linked to the seat are those of perhaps of certainly less experience than Paul, which again... Is that the right or wrong thing? Nobody knows. But it, it's certainly interesting. But it, if he does do that and Craig does go for 
a less experienced co-driver. He's basically going the opposite way to which his teammate Gus Greensmith did at this point last year when Chris Patterson stepped out and they brought in Jonas Anderson. But, but it's interesting. We were promised it would be in a few days and a few days have passed. So who knows what's going on there at this point. Contract yeah. negotiations, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> maybe, 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 yeah. maybe that. Yeah, maybe that. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a key question for Craig. I mean, you know, look, you're absolutely right. You know, he's, he's got to get this right. And who would you put in? Someone experienced, someone young? Um, I'm going I, to. Uh, I'm going to move us on I from Craig hungry. George. I would go hungry. Absolutely. Last last uh, technical incident. Uh, a very short discussion. Gus Greensmith. Uh, yeah. uh, rarely have I seen an accident like that on a WRC event uh, with a driver. There you go. That's enough said. Nate, I'll let, you, I'll let you wrap one up a little bit tighter if you wish. That sounds like a hospital pass to me. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, w- I was pretty surprised at that one. Um, that, that was big and looked like it just kind of... I was hoping for some insight, honestly, yeah, there, well, George, because no, I, I, okay. I, um, I had no he, he idea. Never, he, he just understeered off no power. That's, I mean, yeah. I, 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 that's absolutely what it, whether, whether, whether he had no power at his foot, but he, he was going fantastically well. He was going really quickly. Mm-hmm. He carried, looks like he carried a, a massive amount of extra speed in there, pointed the nose in. It didn't even appear offline at the point he was doing that. And then it just, he got no power. Maybe, maybe there was an ignition cut. You know, that's kind of what it looked like. I yeah. think, I, I think yeah, he was actually it, going far too fast but nobody else went over that stage so we never got to see any other times i, I couldn't yeah. get anyone else's times for that and it looked like there was a bridge abutment there or some kind of culvert culvert that was a, a culvert yeah 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 maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he was trying to avoid it or mm-hmm. something but yeah or just stared at it simply <laughs> yeah well could they could we got, got a fright got a fright with what he saw i've, I've no idea D- yeah. difficult to tell but um it was a fairly substantial off <coughs> um mm-hmm. Just, just, I mean, it just, it, it, look, he was doing a really great job. And, you know, had he, did he get a break in concentration? Because, you know, you have to concentrate like heck to keep those speeds up. Um, I've, I've, no, mm-hmm. I, I've no idea what happened, but it just simple as. I, I, I couldn't, I, I wanted to see the end car, but, but it's, not, it, it's not available um, yeah. to, to, to analyse out exactly what had happened. But it just, he just yeah. comes into a corner and just literally, the car barely, barely, starts to change attitude and he just understeers off you know, the car was mm-hmm. never pointing the right way from you know f- i mean certainly from the start of the 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 corner i mean at the apex he was already pointing towards the ditch but i still think he had some time because it wasn't it wasn't a big corner it was just a wee bit sharper yeah. it was a wee bit shorter maybe than they thought you know in, in broad terms you might have been able to call that one a you know a, a an easy left plus or something like that, or a flat minus, you know, a flat flat caution or something like that. But but mm-hmm. quite clearly, it was just a little bit sharper. Maybe something stopped him tucking in. Maybe he saw something in the inside. He thought, I'm not going to go in there. I'm yeah. going to catch a sump guard. It's going to lift the car and push me off to the outside. So he, he just lifted and he yeah. ended up in that no man's land. And then he went over the, you know, he lost, he lost the cambered approach into the corner quite clearly. And then that was it. It was all over. Maybe even if he'd pressed yeah. the power at that point, I think it was too late because he seemed to carry an awful lot of extra speed that just took him straight off the road. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> the pub argument um, looks like he just kind of gave up. 
Yeah, I mean, if, if, if we were in the yeah. pub, so we've been having that chat. Yeah. We've had that chat with Craig Breen. Yeah, we've had the chat <laughs> with Elf and Evans. Yeah, and we'll, we'll come right, right, uh, right, Gus. We're going to talk about you. And I tell you what, Gus, you just yeah. go and buy a round and we'll not bother talking about it at all. That's the best <laughs> thing to do at this point. So well, you that, did sum up quite nicely in about five seconds at the start. Yes. So maybe if you were drinking with Gus, that that would probably be. That would have been it. Yeah. 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 I am yeah, keeping yeah. an eye on our time though because I yes. want to just Crack move on. on. And I, want stuff, to say, I want to say I'm moving away from WRC, but I'm kind of not. There is. I don't know if you've noticed. There seems to be a real retro. Oh, hang on. I can't use that phrase. It's rude. Um, loving for the 70s at the moment uh, you know even mullets are back in fashion I mean for <laughs> no, goodness no, sake no, no wrong. way is a mullet so ever wrong mullets were never in fashion <laughs> I tell you what was great in 1974 though uh, this is this is seamless Luke you're going to like this um, the Lake Superior Performance Rally LSPR is back and it did host the 1974 World Rally Championship event in the States uh, it's now headquartered in Marquette Michigan yeah, what for the can record, we expect? For the record, mullets never went out of style in Michigan. Oh, oh that's, that's tragic. That's tragic. Do, do you know what other... Give me another uh, uh, WRC rally that was in North America. Yeah. Oh, I, d- well, that I, d- I genuinely be, don't know. Come on, that Nate, would have should, to be the Olympus rally. That, yeah, that's one of them. I was, I was meaning so, uh, about that same time, the, the mid-70s. Press on regardless. No, I don't <laughs> think it was. I think it was the Criterium de Quebec rally, which oh, was run okay. in snow, I believe, if I, if I remember. Isn't, okay. isn't Quebec in Canada, though? It is. It is North America. Yeah. I said North America. Oh, Lisa. Well, yeah, you yeah. fudged Geography it. again. I geography know. again. Of course I did. Motoring news questions. I'm sure our listeners all <laughs> got that. It was unworthy. I'm unworthy of that. Sorry, guys. Lukey, 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 you've been ahead. taking a look at the, term, the LSPR LSPR. Come on, though, give us the insights. You're looking forward to this. Yeah. You're up for it. I, I do enjoy how everybody assumes I'm like the unequivocal voice of ARA whenever I come on these podcasts. We shouldn't, we should but not have are. that. No, we shouldn't have that <laughs> assumption at all. But I think we've been, there was actually, Nate was on it. It was uh, me, Nate, Michelle, Mill, another great instructor at the school, and Mason Runkle, our, our man on the ground, did a bit of a preview to this already. So if you haven't checked that out, it was kind of a review of the previous round as well, but go find that. But I think we, we can't keep bigging this one up enough. And this, it really is for all intents and purposes, a winner takes all battle for a national championship, which you couldn't, you could not create a better blueprint, a better script for the series finale. And I guess the only sad thing is to me, at least and I'll come to you, Nate first, but to me, it does feel like this is, kind of kenned to lose but that doesn't mean he, he's going to win it form and favoritism before a rally means nothing but there are for me there's too many things in his favor for this to not go his way this weekend yeah absolutely i mean it's also sort of a, a swan song for the current regulations uh, as well as they they change starting next year for for the national championship so um the monsters that Subaru has built, the WRC car that, that Ken is bringing are not going to be around next year, um, at least on the national level. <laughs> Technically, you could still run one regionally, I believe. But uh, so that's also an added added uh, interest to this story. Um, and you're right. I think uh, Ken has some really good momentum. I think he's he's figured that car out really well. And it sounds like they've, they've worked really, really hard. Uh, he and Alex have worked really hard to uh in their pre-event preparation and and um 
I think Ken really, 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 really wants it. Um, but that doesn't discount anyone else from wanting it as well. Yeah, I, I think the main reason that I point to, just for, for absolute clarity, the main reason I point to things being in Ken's favour, as Nate said, the, the form book is kind of with him. I think the crash for Brandon on STPR kind of knocked the wind out of sails a bit, but the key one for me is experience, in that Brandon has never been to this rally before. Ken's been eight times. He's won it three times, and he won it last year. So <laughs> it's... It is, you could consider it a Ken Block rally, I guess, but then we don't necessarily know how Brandon will go because there is no form to base it off. But he, do, he doesn't have the set of pace, so he doesn't have a knowledge of the area. And it's small things, but in a, a battle as intense as this, all those little details, can they can ultimately make the difference, can't they, George? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think uh, it's all to do with comfort. I mean, this I presume, Nate, this is another high-speed event with lovely big wide roads. He, yeah, 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 yeah. Not near, not as high speed as uh, STPR, but but definitely good, great flowing roads and, oh, and um, very reminisce, reminiscent of Scandinavian roads, in particular oh, Finland. Gorgeous, um, real different uh, surface, kind of a yeah. sandy base almost. Yeah, so I, it's. Um, I, I would really want to see on this rally. I would want to see the Subarus really closely matching um, Ken's times. Otherwise, naturally enough, uh, the, 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 the criticism of, of Ken having a slightly better car starts to be levelled and that's a, little <laughs> bit, that's a little bit demeaning for him and it's, 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 it's not great. So I, I, really mm-hmm. hope, I really hope that we see that, that gap narrowing, if you like, if not you know, totally challenging him and racing him, racing him into second place. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Luke... Um, in terms of finishing, where do they have to finish in in uh, in order for the champion to take take the crown? Well, and can finish in second? This is the big question, um, and I'll be, <laughs> I'll be honest. I've been trying to do some number crunching before this, but every single scenario that I get to gets a little <laughs> bit more complicated each time because I've not spent enough time looking at it. But as far as I can work out, um, obviously there's the power stage to factor in as well, and that, to be honest, that could end up being the deciding factor. Um, probably quite a good thing that the organizers added that in for this year exactly the same as wrc with with five points for first on the on the selected power stage and one point for fifth fastest time but that that's basically saved the season in the sense of the four points brandon got from that power stage i've kept him within a more realistic touchness of ken block at the top of the table ken has the advantage in that he's his maximum possible score is 149 points brandon can only get 147 but if brandon beats Ken, I believe that that's it. I think unless he doesn't score, I'm doing live maths while thinking and talking. This is dangerous, isn't it? But it's <laughs> thrilling. This is exactly like following the power stage on on screen. In the mm-hmm. olden days, when when there was no internet, George and I um, will remember this that we used to follow it on teletext or I, I don't know what they would have called it in the states, but it was basically the text system that you had through your your television, so you could see. A score update in your case motorsport perhaps or or american football but we'd watch football scores or rugby scores and you had to wait a minute for it to update and everybody would be staring at a screen that had writing on it waiting to see if any of the numbers were going to change because you couldn't watch the match you wanted to watch <laughs> and that's what this is like yeah well i tell you i undersold it what 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 i should have done in that instance i think <laughs> and to answer nate's original question i believe and somebody please please tell me if i'm wrong with this but i think if ken 
comes second but wins the power stage and Brandon wins the rally but only gets one point from the power stage, then Ken could still win the championship. I think. That's a big I Love think it. on that. <laughs> but, but yeah, from a bit of live maths and Lisa gave us some time to think, which was very, very good of her. Did so you notice? You. I did. That, I did. And you, you did. and you disguised it with a brilliant and analytical point as well. So that was fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the long and short of it is, it is essentially uh, whoever wins will win the championship. So it's neither of them are going to be taking any chances. Um, it's going to be well. I don't. I mean the opposite. I don't. I mean they're going to be taking every chance they can. They can possibly get. It's going to be flat out from stage one. So I mean. If you're not planning to watch it, change those plans now because this will be entertaining from start to finish. I love the fact that um, you, you've sold this, Nate, as being a, a beautiful rally to, to compete in. And yet its tagline is the oldest, meanest, toughest rally on the circuit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, a little bit of that northern Michigan bravado, I think. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it, it was traditionally um, a really rough event in that they called it press on regardless for a reason. I mean, that, that's that's all of us as rallyists know. That's that's your mantra as you go into the woods. But um, it really was a, a, an, a really tough event to, to get through and even survive and just keep on going, keep on going. And, and so that that spirit is is carried on with the, the modern iteration of LSPR, I think. Well, it definitely sounds like a, a superb wrap-up for the AR Champion National Championship Series round nine. Uh, we'll give you a full roundup of that on the next edition of Spin the Rally Pod. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast, Spin the Rally Pod, make sure you subscribe through your chosen subscriber, Spotify, uh, and all the others, and don't forget to uh, follow us on our socials as well at Dirtfish Rally. That's the best way to get in touch. I've got one more thing on our list to talk about, Luke. The Velocity Invitational at Laguna Seca. Yeah, I want to know yes. about that. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> it is. Well, Sell it. Sell it to us. Whoa, challenge. Okay, challenge accepted. Essentially, and I think the best way to put it, and again, Nate, were you at the event last year? Can I ask that first of all? Is there anything you know? Because I say I've I've watched it from afar. I haven't been there, but I was curious if anybody within the team has actually been there before. I have not, but I am uh, excited to say that I will be there. Uh, <gasps> yes, fantastic. Yes. We're looking forward fantastic. to the report from that one already. Okay. Yes, definitely. Well, so, I say a, a, a badge or a button. <laughs> yeah, will do essentially the way I, I see it and the way it's kind of selling itself is it's kind of like for us in UK and Europe and I guess around the world we all know the Goodwood Festival of Speed this is like America's version of that essentially um, but it is it's an invitational so it's obviously named Velocity Invitational but the exciting news from our perspective is we've got six of Steve Rimmer our owner's cars going and Alistair and Max McRae will be driving them so we're not messing about oh. <laughs> this is this is proper stuff, but it's essentially like a a cathedral of celebrating and a festival of cars. Like there's so many different race rally cars, and some of the ones that Steve are bringing along. Nate, you might have a, a sort of more up to date itinerary a lot than me, but I, I know he's bringing the the old thirty seven along, and I believe that the Pikes Peak Fiesta that that Gronholm drove as well. So it's a bit of everything <laughs> within these cars that are going um, but it's just a great chance and as anybody that's been to Goodwood knows how it works it's just a great chance for like-minded individuals to share their passion and see things they maybe have only seen on 
videos or the TV or in magazines, but not actually seen and, and heard and experienced in real life. So it's just a celebration of all things that are great in, in motorsport and particularly American motorsport, I guess. Does that work as an advert? Is that, is that wet your appetite? That, that definitely makes me want to go. And, and I'm guessing anyone else who's listening at the minute has just started Googling. And you can go to velocityinvitational.com and, and be wooed a little bit more. So what what are you do? Are you going as as kind of head honcho, handshaking, pressing the flesh, driving? Nate, surely, or are you, are you actually going to let you let you get behind the wheel of a car as well? Well, I am bringing my gear. That's all I'm going to say. <gasps> um, yes. If, if their opportunity presents itself, and I happen to be wearing a helmet, then absolutely, I'll jump in. But, you're going uh, to wear your but, race suit all day, carry your helmet, and hope that someone says, "Just jump in, <laughs> jump in here, Nate." Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wait yeah, for some fool to leave the driver's seat empty. Jump right, in. Exactly. Even if it's just the garbage truck, but I'll take I'll take whatever I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, very very excited. Um, I mean, to to just hang out with uh, with Alistair and Max will be an absolute pleasure. Uh, I haven't met Max yet, but Alistair's uh, just a brilliant character. Something about Scottish folk that are they're really easy to get along with. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we'll take that, George. Just to hang we'll out with that. those guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I figured you'd like that. Uh, I've had so, some quite good experiences with, with, uh, with Alistair, actually. Get, getting him out of all sorts of trouble, like exclusion and things <laughs> like that. He's, he, he, re- he represents one of, my, one of my more unlikely triumphs. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, amazingly, we had him in the stewards meeting. They can't be recorded. No, well, I was well, going to say no. that he's done yes, his little can. teasy thing yes, there. It so it's like, yes, well, it can. It can and? be discussed. It can. Well, we, we we got invited to the stewards meeting, and then they said, "Can the drivers come along?" Oh God, because they were drunk. <laughs> oh, dear. So I, I briefed them all so carefully. I said, "Alistair, just go in here and just listen. And when they ask you something, just say yes or no, or just say." Yeah, just uh, what, what George says, and uh, he, 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 we went in, and um, and everything went very well, and he did just exactly do exactly that, and he came out, and he was a bit gobsmacked. By, he said, "You'll never get away with that." He said, "But that was brilliant. I loved that. Never seen that book done before." And uh, um, I mean, it was actually legitimate. There was nothing illegitimate about this about this appeal and, and discussion, and. Uh, we went back in and, and they wanted to ask a few more questions and were making their judgment. And then Alistair just decided to, to have a go. And he thought this was great. He would do the same. Oh, no. Oh, no. We got away with it. But it was fun. <laughs> Desperately trying to, Alistair, shut up! <laughs> well, well, that's too vague. So yeah. we have got a little few more seconds here, George. And before oh. we started recording, no, we were discussing the can't. fact that you're going halfway across Europe yes. um, in a helicopter yes. and that you are planning the route because you're yes. effectively co-driver yes. for a helicopter because yes. it's being delivered which it i is. mean brilliant i didn't know you actually had a pilot's license yeah yeah i, um, I do i, I have, have heard a couple of your brilliant brilliant um, yeah. <laughs> um brilliant and terrifying flight plane stories um, yeah. have you got one that we can entertain nate with that you yeah. haven't told me before an, an airplane one that i've not told you about um yeah uh, no, no, I probably have to, I must. I must have shared them all with you by now, Lisa. I must have done. But what, well, I, what well, I'm pick, about pick to do? Pick your favourite. My favourite, and none, these are all horrible near accidents. I mean, none I of know. them. Are, none of them are favourite. <laughs> helicopter ones. Helicopter. There's been. There's been. Uh, two, is it two helicopter ones or three? I think it's two helicopter ones. So uh, Kenya, Nate. Um, 
but I'd been I'd been doing spotter all day on a on a high speed test, and we'd landed on a ridge. Uh, about what year? F- uh, must have been um, nineteen ninety four. Yeah, nineteen ninety three. So helicopters had only just been invented. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, no, no they, they were they were still at they were still at the uh, Galileo design stage. Yeah, that was it. Anyhow, we 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 were we were flying this airplane to Wilson Airport, but that was the last day of the test, and the team were going back, and we were going to pack the air freight, and all the radios and everything were taken out of the helicopter and left with the service crew who were driving the 80 or 90 kilometres back up to Nairobi and we were taking off and um, uh, just driving back to Wilson Airport to, to park the airplane, you know, to give it back, basically. And so we, we started up there. We've been flying in this aircraft all day, but we were on a ridge. It was very, very high up. Um, we're probably about 6,000 feet. So, you know, the, it, it's a wee bit breathless at that height. It was a long ranger, a jet ranger, a long ranger with a nice powerful engine, so it was pretty good we were quite light but we had a lot of we had a lot of fuel in the in the service crew so we topped the tanks right off just to get rid of the fuel because it it, it, would, it would have gone out of date before we'd used it again and we just wanted to use it up so we gave it effectively gave it to the the um, the helicopter very generous of us um and we started up the helicopter and we're just about taking off and uh, chatting to the pilot as you would and everything was okay. And he just started to load the disc up when we we saw the service crew waving to us uh, a little bit frantically. And uh, and I said to the pilot, I said, "Oh, they, they must want to. They must still want something for us." And and then they started to give us the you know the old crossed arm signs. There's a problem. And <laughs> two or three of them picked up fire extinguishers. So uh, so oh. the, so the the uh, so I said, "There's something wrong here." And we looked at the instruments. Everything was okay. I mean, I, I was watching the instruments too. That all the temperatures were fine. So he just he just cut he cut the fuel at quite high speed just cut the fuel, and uh, uh, then we started to see smoke billowing around. Um, so uh, I popped I popped the door open and I was I was uh, what was that? I was on I was on the left hand side so the aircraft was facing south the service crew were off to the left so I was looking at them the pilot was on the right hand side I popped the door open and looked out and as I looked out the back there was a. Uh, so this was this was literally a two or three seconds after the the fuel had been cut. I'd, I'd popped the door to look out the back, and there was a flame maybe thirty meters long, <gasps> and it, and black. And it, but but as I watched it, it diminished and became a big plume of smoke. But apparently, as as we just started to load up the disc, a seal had failed, and uh, it had pushed oil into the engine. And there was this oh, seventy, wow. eighty meter spike of flame, looking like some sort of rocket, out the back of the helicopter. Um, oh my god! But, but, but I mean, it was it was actually a main seal for the engine or the gearbox. I'm, I'm not sure what it was, but basically, you've not got huge oil capacity in those engines. Um, you've got, you know, if, if it's if it was a gearbox, I don't know how long you've got, 20, 30 seconds. But the point being was, if we'd taken off, what you did was you, you, you lifted, we'd done it two or three times from that point, you lifted off. Um, we were a little bit lighter than we had been, even though we had full fuel on board because there was only two of us in it and there was usually four of us in it. But you you, you took off, you, you, you hovered in ground effect, maybe up to six or seven feet, and you literally just uh, slid the aircraft over the side, still pointing into the wind, and you just dipped down over this gully, and it was just a badlands gorge, down for about you know wow. fifteen hundred, two thousand feet. There was nowhere, and then scrubland. There was nowhere to land for 
you know, five or six miles, you'd have had to climb back up to the top of that ridge to find anywhere oh, suitable wow. to land. So if we'd gone for it, that was going to be it, wasn't it? I mean, there, there was not much doubt about what was going to happen there. I mean, it possibly wow. survivable, but possibly not. So that was that was quite. Well, you did have jet power to help you back up the hill. Well, we wouldn't have done. We, we wouldn't have done. We'd have had. We, we, we had about three hundred and fifty liters of fuel that, if it had gone up, would certainly have propelled us some way. Uh, but, um, but anyway, I ended up. I ended up going back up to uh, going back up to Nairobi in a in an MEN truck in the centre seat of an MEN truck because that's all the room that's there a lot was. Less glamorous. We left the pilot oh, with wow. the helicopter whilst a crew came down to try and fix it. But I think the helicopter sat there for a couple of days waiting on parts. So wow. Um, that's a good one. I haven't heard that one before. You haven't heard that one before. That was that was that was that was a mild one because wow. it never happened. We never got off the ground. That it was brilliant. okay. The other ones are to much, be honest, George, uh, much scarier. Yeah, but you, you have walked away from them. You, you've done that old adage of any landing's a good landing. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, any uh, landing my, you walk away with yeah. is a great landing. Yeah, <laughs> Nate, my, my 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 moments and 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 stories are nothing compared to Nini Russo, who was the team manager. And before that, had been the team coordinator at uh, at, at Lancia team, Nini mm. Russo, a legend of a man, and he was in. I think he was in four mm-hmm. or five proper helicopter accidents. I saw the aftermath of two. Well, I saw one happening, and I saw the aftermath of another one. Oh, jeez! And everyone walked away on every occasion. And on on on. I'm the, not sure the, I'd want to get into a helicopter if he was getting in it. Wow! I think well, I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't flying it; it was pilots that yeah. were flying it. I mean, the, the, I think I'd the, be one and done. Common, yeah. common factor there, though, was, isn't there? Really? Was, they ran into, the one. The one I saw the aftermath of was in San Remo, where they flew into cables <laughs> coming into land. No. The pilot didn't see the cables, and they got tangled up just as they came into land. Helicopter was oh. on its side, smashed to pieces. It was just it was just bits lying around. Um, and nobody, nobody was hurt from that. It was lying on its side, and they were in it as it was lying on its side, beating itself to death. The other one, um, it, they, I, I watched it happening. Oh, I, I watched it going down. I didn't see it actually hit the ground, but I watched it going down. Um, uh, uh, and it just, it was coming in in a controlled fashion, maybe a little bit quick. And uh, there was a massive line of poplar trees, uh, li- lines of poplar trees used as windbreaks up there in the high country in Kenya. And um, it would appear that they just got caught in their own, uh, I think they just got caught in their own downdraft, you know, their own rotor wash. I forget what you, I forget what you call that. Uh, there's a name for it in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And they bas- mm-hmm. b- basically got caught in that and just came in very, very quickly. We, and it dipped and it tipped. I think he managed to get it upright. He almost managed to recover it, but uh, the helicopter was taken away in the back of a truck in quite a lot of pieces. And Nini, again, Nini walked away from that with a wee cut on his head. But he was absolutely wow. fine. George I mean, is one of these, which is why whenever yeah. anybody gets a chance to sit down and have a lovely meal in a beautiful part of the world so and maybe a couple of drinks or two, George will entertain you in ways that he's nearly died. And and most of them are very entertaining. I mean, a lot which, of the, a lot of the rally stories have nothing to do them. with death, and they're they're even better. I mean, some of the some of the stories. Come on, I've shared a few. I've shared a few over the years, but there's there's heaps more. <laughs> People say I should Good. write a book, but I think I've told half the story. I think already, you really so should write a book. It would be wasted. Doesn't matter. It would be wasted. Doesn't matter. Oh. No, we haven't we haven't documented them all here, George. Yeah. So I think you'll still get some sales. Problem is, typing for me is too much like hard work. Yeah, yeah. George, I'll I'll, I'll ghostwrite them. 
Go straight for me. I will. And that, that, and that means we have to have several lunches to talk about it all. So I'm very much oh, on board with that we, plan. That would be brilliant. What we, what we need is one, one of those, what they call them, the, when they give you the money before you write the book. We need a... Um... <laughs> yes, but you've got, to get, you've got to get a taster first yeah, before then, getting your, your, um, and then we, your pre, pre-book well, deal. Your we've done the tasters contract. on these podcasts, haven't we, over yeah. the years? There's, there's more. There's more. George Donaldson, former motorsport team boss, Dirtfish senior... No, you're not. I'm I'm just promoting you again, Luke. Dirtfish deputy editor, (laughs) Luke Barry, and Nate Tennis, chief instructor at Dirtfish. Thank you so much for a brilliant, brilliant episode of Spin the Rally Pod. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you so much.